Hi, and welcome to Genesis Upper Room Church. We hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in with us. And what we want to talk about is a teaching in the Bible to where Again, we're not discounting anyone else's interpretations or their personal opinions. But I want to give you a teaching here that's straight from the heart of God. This is not my teaching. This is something that I learned from world evangelism, uh, Papa uh, Moore Cirillo, uh, in this school of ministry. Uh, I've, I've read this more than once, and the Lord brought this to my attention again. So I believe that this word is now for every one of you that is watching live stream, for those of you that are in the sanctuary right now, and we hear the expression it's not a christian cliche uh, that this word is for such a time as this such a day as this in jesus mighty name if you concur if you agree with that please send me some thumbs up in this in this stream hallelujah hallelujah heavy revy olivia god bless you i want to heavy revy hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah all right saints all right, let's going to move into this real quick, and I'm going to take my time. Please give me, uh, be patient, and give me the amount of time that is necessary to speak this word, to teach this word, uh, and that I get a deep in your spirit. Now, you're going to need, I, I appreciate the comments and the thumbs up. That's great. I, I do appreciate all those things, but I would ask you if you can uh, kind of refrain from commenting or praying for one another during the stream and listen. To what the spirit of god is teaching here again the thumbs up i love it the the, the hearts and and you the comments uh, of what's being taught here is good but i'm going to ask you to hold back on praying for one another during this stream all right in jesus mighty name all right here we go so father in the name of jesus and by the power of the holy spirit We ask you to open up our spirit man wide. In this teaching, the anointing that is being released in this stream today, only you, only you by your spirit can reveal to us the depth, the height, and the width of this presentation, the the knowledge, the revelatory insight, in fact, the mystery that is behind this teaching from your apostle Paul. So we ask you today, Holy Spirit, do what you've been sent to do. Open our spirit, man, wide. I'm talking big. I'm talking mammoth, Daddy. Open our spirit wide. And I ask you, according to your word, in Jesus' mighty name, and the people of this house and those that you are on stream, just shoot us an amen. Amen and amen. All right. Again, saying this is not to discount or disregard any other teaching uh, from somebody else, but what we're teaching is straight from the the word itself, okay? It's not um, man's interpretation. It's God's explanation. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Here we are. We're talking about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Many people have taught that Paul's thorn was an illness, and that even as he prayed three times for it to depart without results, they destined to have their own thorn in the flesh of sickness. Now, let me, let me say that again. Paul's thorn was 
that was taught that Paul's thorn was an illness and that even as he prayed three times for it to depart without results, they are destined to have their own thorn in the flesh of sickness. Now, fasten your seatbelts. The thorn in the flesh condition, its custom or its belief is a major blockade, somebody. It's a major blockade which prevents many from receiving healing in their lives. It has been misused to try to explain why people did not receive a visible healing and as an excuse for our powerlessness. Are we good? Our powerlessness in healing, our powerlessness in deliverance, and our powerlessness in salvation. But let me back this up in reading from Luke 9, 1. This is where Jesus sent out the 12. And the Bible says that, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. Somebody say power. power. And authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Right now, my suggestion is that you lay aside everything you've been taught by man concerning this issue as, as we examine exactly what the Scripture teaches about this thorn in the flesh, all right? So are you ready? Come on. In this house, are you ready? Amen. You online, are you ready? Somebody say, are you ready? Then say, I'm ready. And this is what God's promise were to you. I, this was given to me from a prophet Yvonne. It says, if you listen to what is being offered, you will receive the depth that is in this message. I'm giving myself a high five on that one. So again, I'm asking you, are you ready? Come on, come on. Here's what the Bible teaches about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Question one, what was it? And the Bible says Paul's thorn was a messenger. Somebody say messenger. Now stay with us on this. You're in a school of, of ministry right now. You're being educated. Come on. The Greek word messenger appears seven times in the New Testament. And it's translated as an angel 181 times. All 181 times, it is speaking about a personality. Somebody say personality. And not a sickness or disease. 181 times, it is speaking about personality and not a sickness or disease. Somebody say, I got this word. It's for me. Come on. Saints, the Bible tells us that a messenger is a personality. The use of the word thorn in the Old Testament also confirms and it supports this word thorns. It is used in Numbers chapter 33, verse 5, and also in Yahshua chapter 23, verse 13. It's to describe and it explains I'm going to let you write that down before I go on. 
This thorn in these chapters explains, it describes the inhabitants. Somebody say inhabitants. The residents. Uh, the people of the land of Canaan. All right? In both these cases, it was not a physical affliction, but the buffeting. Come on. The pounding, the batter, or the strike by an enemy. In both these cases, it was not a physical affliction, but the buffeting, the pounding, the battering, or the strike by an enemy. Now, I'm going to be repeating some of these things here tonight. Now, listen, watch what is taking place here in the scriptures. Glory. Somebody say glory. glory. No, say, say glory like you mean it. Glory. Somebody comment glory in capital letters. Come on. Hallelujah. So, Here's question number two. Who was it from? And the Bible says it was a messenger, an angel from Satan. Paul said, there was given me, but he did not say it came from God. Question number three. Why was it permitted? Now, this is going to get a hold of some of you really good tonight. Why was it permitted? How many times have you gone before another brother or sister in the faith? Or you've even gone before God and said, Lord, why are you allowing this? Why is this being permitted? Now watch this. This is going to strengthen uh, the gift of evangelism in your life tonight. The thorn was permitted for three major reasons. And I'm going to go slow with this. Number one, it prevented sin. Paul said the thorn was permitted because of the abundant or the which is abundant from which a revelation he received and his tendency, watch this, his tendency towards pride, self-importance, ego, <laughs> And, and the satisfaction of the flesh. Now, saints, listen to Brother Michael tonight. For some of us, it's going to get a little bit uncomfortable. All right? But be reminded, you are covered by the blood of Jesus. And God will sustain you. He will, he will keep you. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. There is no place, there can be no place for guilt or condemnation as a result of this, mes of this message. Saints, no place. Hallelujah. So here's our suggestion. Before anyone claims to have a thorn in the flesh, he or she should, should consider how many revelations and visions he or she has had. Then with that, do they qualify for a thorn? Now, you've got, that's why I said you've got to listen to this message. We're not in, in high school. We're not in college. We're in university teaching right now. Please hear me on this. 
Most believers who think that they've had a thorn in the flesh have not had any kind of revelation or vision. Now, don't look at me like that. And I don't want to see any thumbs down. So the question is, why was it permitted? But the Bible explains it was permitted because it was the fulfillment of prophecy. The thorn also fulfilled prophetic uh, release. When Paul was converted, God said, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. Acts 9, 16. And you all know the story. It's when God was speaking to Ananias. And, and I was meditating on this and I thought, again, here, God is so cool. Man, he is so cool. He is so awesome in the way he approaches. Here Ananias has been getting reports on how this Paul of Tarsus was persecuting the Christians, amen, bringing them even to their own demise at an early time. And here God talks to uh, Ananias and says, hey, I got an assignment for you. Okay, God, what is it? I need you to go find this guy, Paul. What? This one who's been killing and persecuting Christians? He goes, yeah, it's okay. He goes, I got a hold of him. We had an experience. Uh, he was on his road to Damascus, and I revealed my, my glory to him, and, and it shook him up. And so you're in a safe zone right now. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen to you. That's my promise to you, Ananias. So simply go. So God speaks to Ananias. Ananias hears about Paul, his threats and persecution of the Jews, and how he had them put to death. Think about how God set this meeting up for Ananias. Jesus got a hold of Paul by his tie, saints. And I'm telling you this by the Spirit of God. Do not think that when Satan has something said against you, oh God in this house, that God doesn't know about it and that God will not intervene on your behalf. That's what he does. Romans 8, 26, one of my favorite scriptures. Likewise, when we know not how to pray, because of our physical weaknesses, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are in that place. They're interceding for you. So know that even when God asks you to do something, no matter what the circumstances and how, how overwhelming it may be, hey, man, come on, they're praying for you. Come on. They're the Father, the Father's Son and the Holy Spirit united together, coming to agreement on what Jesus said when he was on this earth, when two or more agree touching any one thing on earth that they ask of the Father shall be done for them. Come on. Come on. Woo, hallelujah. I see a glory cloud forming right now. Right over that camera. Uh, right over your head, Jean Marie. A glory cloud right over your head is forming right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now, come on, son. Let's move on. This is powerful. Know that, understand, God knows all about it. And God will intervene on your behalf. How do you know that, Brother Michael? Here's what David prophesied as he prayed. You know that. I love that. To pray is to prophesy. That was a special one from the Lord to Brother Michael. Anyway, all right. Here's what David prophesied as he prayed. In 1 Chronicles 21, 29, 11, write it down and meditate on it. Here is his conversation unto Jehovah, the great I am. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. All, look, all that in one, one sentence here. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. 
Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. The word power in 1 Chronicles 29, 11 is Ra, and it means victory. So what was, Paul, what was David saying here? All the victory is yours, O God. It is all yours. It all belongs to you. The power, the victory, and the glory, and, and the majesty, it's all yours. In First Chronicles 21, 9, 11, I'm getting a kick right now. I feel an acceleration of the Holy Ghost coming into this message right now. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 21, 12. Pope, I, I love when, when David prays and he prophesies and how he combines uh, things. It's not a single thing. He always combines things together. Listen to what he says. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. And in your hand is koach, power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Is somebody listening? Come on, is somebody getting this? Hallelujah. Ooh, I see the Lord putting new seed in somebody's satchel right now. Get ready to sow some new seed into some fertile soil, saints. Second Chronicles 26, and said, O Lord God of our Father, are not thou God in heaven and rules not? over all the kingdoms of the heathen. And here it is, saints. And in your hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Come on, saints. God will back you up. Every time he asks you to do something, no matter how challenging it is, no matter how the enemy comes to buffet you, and we're going to talk about that, how he comes to buffet you, God will always back you up. Hallelujah. So, so shall we continue in this? Come on. The people in this, in this sanctuary, shall we continue this? Those of you online, shall we continue on this? Hallelujah. I think somebody's going to get a diploma tonight. So number three. The Bible says it provided strength. The problem created by the thorn provided opportunity for God's strength to be manifested in the life of Paul. Question number four. What is the thorn against Paul? What does it do? And your Bible says that the thorn buffeted Paul. To buffet means to give repeated blows over and over and over. The word buffeting does not refer to a permanent state of sickness, but to the repeated blows. I want to repeat that. To buffet means to give repeated blows over and over and over. The word buffeting does not refer to a permanent state of sickness, but from the repeated blows in Jesus' mighty name. And so tonight, some of you that are watching, you're going to get delivered, hallelujah, from that sickness, that lie of enemy that the enemy has put upon your life. See, and the Bible tells us that the messenger in Scripture, God backs himself every time. In Scripture, the messenger was sent 
to buffet Paul to try to kamaraboshika bebebeke. I, 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 I need your attention on this. Listen, because every one of you that are born again, child of God, you have experienced this more than once in your life. The messenger, the thorn, the messenger was sent to buffet Paul to try to stop the word of God from being preached. Come on, somebody give me a high five. Yeah. Are you ready for some more? Come on. Thumbs up, please. Come on. So how is it manifested? I'm going to give you some examples here of the various ways this thorn stirred opposition. Somebody say opposition. Opposition or resistance to buffet Paul or to come at him with repeated blows. So what is the thorn? It was a messenger. A personality, not a sickness or disease. All right. I'm going to step back from here because you got to hear this. This was, a down, this was a download this afternoon. It wasn't in, it's not in the teaching. This is a download from the Spirit of God, and I shared it with Prophetess Yvonne, and she had me had, had to go back to the beginning so you get, get the understanding here. Okay, so let me go back. Hallelujah. What was a thorn? It was a messenger, a personality. Somebody say personality. And it was not a sickness. And it was not a disease. You got that? A principality of power is a personality. A ruler of darkness is a personality. A spiritual wickedness in high place are personalities. Hello? When it comes to Satan, beloved, he goes after both the saved and the unsaved. I'm going to give you, I have 15 examples. Do you want to hear them all? Or you want to hear just a few of them? Well, if you want to hear just a few of them, then, well, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to give them all. Number one, are you ready for this, saints? Uh, I'm loving the thumbs up. I'm loving the hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Personalities. Come on. Check it out. Yeah, Courtney, they're personalities. Hallelujah. Check it out. Read the Bible. Hallelujah. And they're all full of lies. They're all full of deceptions, deceit, misleadings. All right. Fifteen examples. Number one, the Jews determined to kill Paul right after his conversion in Acts 9.23. Two, Paul was hindered in joining the believers in Acts 9.26-29. How many times have you went to go about God's business and all of a sudden a hindrance or resistance got in your way? Number three, Paul was opposed by Satan in Acts 13, verses 6-12. He was opposed by the Jews in mobs, Acts 13, 44 through 49. Listen to what the Bible is saying here. The thorn in the flesh 
are personalities. Come on. They're messengers, personalities sent by Satan himself. Come on. And number five, he was expelled, run out of Antioch in Pisidia in Acts 13.50. Again, he was mobbed and expelled from Iconium in Acts 14.1-5. Now, we've heard this teaching before. We know that our battles are not against flesh and blood. Come on. It's not against flesh and blood, but against principles and powers. Come on. Personalities. Ah, thorns. Messengers. But the enemy will use flesh and blood to carry out his assignment, saints. Come on, somebody in this house. Paul fled and ran away to Lysiria and debris. Where he was stoned and left for dead. Acts 14, 16 through 9, 6 through 19. In Acts 14, 6 through 19, Paul was beaten in jail and jailed in Philippi. And in that time, look what the miraculous took place. In spite of the thorn, the messenger of Satan, the personality that came against Paul, and he endured what he endured. He was in that jail cell. Oh, God in heaven, somebody help me out. In the midst of it, in the midst of the, the affliction that came upon Paul, the Bible says that he didn't cry, he didn't whine, he began to sing praises unto the Lord God Almighty. And with such praise, karabaka, and with such authority, and with such enthusiasm, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit did exactly what he came to do. He loosed those shackles of Paul and Silas, hallelujah, and they were set free. And tonight, some shackles are going to be loosed off some of you that are watching tonight, and you're going to be set free in Jesus' mighty name. Don't get me to prophesy. Come on, hallelujah. Number nine, he was mobbed and expelled from Thessalonia, Acts 17, uh, verses 1 to 7. In Numbers 10, he was mobbed and expelled from Berea, Acts 17, verses uh, 10 to 14. In Numbers, oh, number 11, excuse me, number 11, Paul was mobbed at Corinth, Acts 18, 1 to 6. He was disputed continually with false brethren. Come on. Just because a person says they're quite a Christian, examine the fruit. Come on, examine the fruit. Acts 9, 18. In number 13, he was mobbed at Ephesus. Acts 19, 23 through 33. We're backing this all up. We're backing this teaching up in the word of God. Number 14, there was a plot against his life by the Jews. Come on. His own culture. In Acts 20, verse 3 and 15, he was seized by Jews, mobbed. Ooh, you think you got problems? Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Tried in the courts five times and suffered other hardships. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 to 33. Never once... In all of his writings, does Paul name sickness as a buffeting or a strike or hit which he had suffered? In 1 Corinthians 
4.11. Paul showed that his idea of buffeting or beating was not a permanent sickness. All right. Now, adjust yourselves in your seat. We're going to go a little bit deeper right now. Come on, put on your, your spiritual oxygen mask right now. Take a deep breath in right now. Inhale. Come on. Exhale. I don't know who this is right now, but I just saw somebody stand up <laughs> in the spirit and lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. That's faith. All right. Paul showed that his idea of buffeting or beating was not a permanent sickness. He said, even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. God backs up and confirms what his ever intention is for the life of believer. Saints, please hear this. Please hear this. Man, there's a stirring up in, in my spirit, man, right now. Woo. Come on. I boast not in anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's in this sanctuary. He's in your home right now. He's watching. He's listening to you. Jesus. There's somebody, a sister in the Lord, you have, oh, you, you have what they call, a, like you're sitting in a, a recliner-type chair, and on the left-hand side, there's a table, and you've got your stuff on it. And in front of you, I see a walker, those, those things that uh, individuals, I'm sorry, those tools that individuals use to help them get up and walk. You've had discomfort in your legs for the last 8 to 10 years. There's swelling, there's inflammation. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, get ready. You're going to walk. You're going to walk without that, that, that device. In, in fact, I see, I see virtue going into your thighs, maraca, going down into your knees. Uh, you've, had, uh, you've had tremendous discomfort in your calves and those vas vascularities, uh, 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 an uncertain flow of, of blood going through those veins and arteries. Tonight, this word is for you. God is going to move upon you. My, I see the reduction of your thighs, your knees, uh, and, and your, your calves in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, saints, hear this. Woo, heavy, heavy, down and dirty. The Bible tells us that Paul did, did experience sickness as indicated in Galatians 4, verses 13 to 16. But it was not his thorn because it was not a permanent condition he had. That he said he had, uh, he had it only at first. Some believe Paul's thorn was defective, was defective eyes, but his eyes were healed of blindness. Come on. Acts 9 through 18, believing that he still continued to have eye trouble, discredits the healing power God. Also, it would be right to call 
eye problems that resulted from seeing the glory of God, a messenger of Satan. Paul himself tells us in the year 60, when he wrote this epistle, that it was about 14 years ago that he received the abundant revelation which resulted in the thorn of the flesh that was 12 years after his conversion experience in which he saw God's glory. Now, you're going to have to revisit this message. I know you will. You, you, if you, you're not getting it right away right now. Because, see, right now, I hear a witness. I hear a witness in the atmosphere. Angels are celebrating in this word. When Paul used the phrase Oh my gosh. In Acts 4.15 that says that you would have plucked out your eye and have given them to me. It is a Hebrew figure of speech. And it's, it's, it's similar to the phrase used in some places today to express, watch this, to express intense desire. If Paul had an orient disease, which is called ophthalmia, can't pronounce that, with pus running from his eyes, as some claim, it is strange that this would inspire people to have faith for special miracles. Its result, listen, Paul speaks of his infirmity, his illness, his sickness, which means a want of strength. Come on. Watch this. This is where Bible study becomes so important, saints. We read the scriptures off the surface, and we sometimes take it out of context. But this is the explanation. Paul speaks of his infirmity, his illness, his weakness in this scripture, which means a want of strength, weakness, and inability to produce results in his own natural abilities. Through this weakness, God's power and strength were manifested in the life of Paul. In conclusion, regarding Paul's thorn is that although we cannot know for certain exactly from uh, what that thorn was, it resulted in it resulted in God's power being demonstrated in his life in a dramatic way. Some people use the thorn in the flesh as an excuse, uh, a language of uh, falling away as an illness that they should remember that the only biblical example of a thorn in the flesh uh, uh, preaches out and to prevail all of its partners in ministry. The thorn did not hinder this dynamic service for the kingdom of God, nor the demonstration of God's power through the life of Paul. Somebody help me in this. Come on, somebody. I know this is deep, and it's, and it's not Brother Michael's teaching. I'm reading from a teaching from the school of ministry, so you're going to have to revisit this. And then allow the Spirit to captivate your mind and understand these things that come upon us. 
the thorn, the thorn of the flesh, uh, what, what talks about the thorn as a messenger of Satan wanting to buffet us, to prevent us from speaking the word of God, declaring the word of God. He'll come at us with these infirmities. Let me give you an example. I shared this uh, just before the service here. We had an incredible time. Now, yeah, the enemy comes at me when I'm awake, and sometimes I don't, I, I, I don't respond to him in the way that I should. And, and anyway, well, I don't want to even go into that right now. But the times when the enemy knows when I, I'm more vulnerable is when he'll come to me when I'm asleep. He comes in my dreams, yeah, and I get dreams, and some of the dreams are from the glory of God. And some are vicious attacks of the enemy with things that I can't even repeat. But on Saturday night after we had this drive-through prayer uh, event, I went to bed. Brother Michael was toast without butter. I went to bed. I started to have fellowship with my pillow, and I was laying there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, I turned over, and I went into a fetal position just to rest. And both of my calves, this is not just coincidence both of my calves contracted so hard that they were like baseballs and i cried out i had to stretch out my legs and i cried out and brother michael's pretty tough i may be only five foot six but i'm pretty tough i can handle pain but i've not experienced that that type of pain ever before so I thought, okay, you know, and I understand the description and the, uh, the medical terms of what takes place in that. I get that. So the, the pain ceases. About 15 minutes later, I turn over again. I go into a fetal position, and exactly the same thing came at me again. My calves contracted, and man, I'm telling you, woo, hallelujah. I didn't say hallelujah at that moment, but... My God, the, 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 the pain. And then, uh, again, I cried out to God, and, and they retract or they released again. I said, okay, enough is enough. A third time. Come on, somebody. A third, coincidence? No. A third time. Shoka, periyaraka, maraka. Those calves contracted, and the pain. And for the third time, I cried out to God, and I said, Lord, no more, no more. So through this description, listen to what the word of God says. Now, we can get the medical professional's opinion and we respectfully honor those things and the description of why we have cramps, we get that. But simultaneously, three times in a row in less than a half hour, come on. I've, and then God gives me this message and I begin to understand it was a thorn in the flesh. Come on, Aparaka. A messenger of Satan, Maraka, trying to bring infirmity on my body maka he was i won't use the world's expression but he was mad of what took place on this saturday because we did exactly what god instructed us to do souls came into the kingdom lives were healed lives were delivered amen uh, people were baptized so in his anguish in his his um retaliation he visits me when i'm asleep but you know how i woke up in the morning I was singing to God, I was praising God, and I was rebuking the devil to his face because he is a liar and the father of all lies. Can I get a witness in this house? So, Father, right now, for those of you, I'm going to pray into your lives and that my dear sister in the faith, the one that I saw 
you in that walker. So, Father, in the name of the most holy child, Jesus, your beloved Son, our Christ, our Redeemer, our Savior. Father, I ask you now, Holy Spirit, to move upon this stream and this word that has gone forth. Spirit of God, only you. You are here for this purpose. For this purpose, you came. That you would teach us the truth of God's word. You would lead us and guide us into all truth, not some truth, but all truth, that you are our counselor. You are the divine order of all things that have been created as God spoke you created. I'm asking right now that this word that, that has been taught has been created. It would find its way into the hearts and the minds of those that are watching and those who will jump on in the days and the weeks that are ahead. And Lord, that in this word, you will validate your word and reveal the truth of this word in every person's life. I declare it from heaven into the earth. Here, I pray as to prophesy that it shall come to pass in Jesus' mighty name.